Okay, I want to talk to you this morning about faith. Faith is. And um, this is a, a very common topic. Uh, I think if, if I was to, uh, I, I guess really in my PowerPoint, I have more scriptures this morning than any other morning that I can ever remember. I think I have some 60-some uh, PowerPoints. Uh, scriptures to share with you this morning, which we probably won't get through probably a third of them. But this topic is nearly endless when it comes to scripture. But I want to first just really remind us that when we're talking about faith, we're talking about a Bible kind of faith. We're talking about what scripture says about faith, because there you can have faith in a lot of, a lot of things. You can have faith in your spouse. You can have faith in your job. You can have faith in the economy. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can have faith in. But whenever we're talking about faith, we're talking about faith in God. Amen? That's the only thing we're talking about. Faith in God and what Jesus Christ has done for us. Faith that the Holy Spirit is going. It's all Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is what I'm talking about when it comes to faith. So when we are talking about do you have faith, we're not talking about anything other than your faith in Jesus Christ, in God the Father, and in the Holy Spirit working in your lives. Hallelujah. And you know, some people say that they, they don't have faith. Uh, and that's really not true. I want you to understand that. In Romans 12 and verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Every one of us has been given a measure of of faith. And then it's up to us to take that measure that has been given to us and to do something with it. But you can't say that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ that you have no faith because God has given you a measure of faith. In fact, it was given to you before you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There was a measure of faith already within you. Whenever you are conceived, there's a measure of faith imparted into you. That's the only way that you're even able to receive Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior, because you had already a seed of faith inside of you for that to take root and to grow. And so you can't say that you don't have faith, but you may be guilty of not developing your faith. Let's all be people who are developing our faith as well. And Ephesians 4 helps us to explain what this here was saying. Let's read this again, Romans. Uh, well, yeah, I can go ahead and read uh, Ephesians 4. It says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. It's a, it's a gift. It's grace that's been imparted to us. So a measure of faith was a grace gift to you and I, just as salvation is. It's all a grace gift. And you know, faith is such an important issue when it comes to our walk with the Lord. Uh, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus was out with His disciples. They, they launch out into the boat. Jesus falls asleep. You all remember the story. And then the storm hits, and they go and they wake Jesus up, and they say, don't you even care that we perish? And Jesus says this. This is how important our faith is. Jesus says to the, to the disciples, where is your faith? So in every situation, you and I need to make sure that if we have anything going into each and every day, we need to have our faith. We need to have the shield of faith. Amen. That's part of our 
armor. We need to make sure that every single day we have our faith. It's such an important issue. There's places in Scripture where Jesus has says, uh, where is your faith? And He's also said, oh, you of little faith. And so He is saying how important faith is. And what was the disciples supposed to have had faith in in the boat? They're in the boat. The storm comes. It hits. And Jesus is asleep. And He says, where is your faith? Well, what was they supposed to have had faith in? Faith in just the fact that Jesus was with them? Faith in the fact of of their abilities to be able to row a boat? To steer this thing through the storm? No. What was it that Jesus said at the very beginning whenever He got in the boat? He said, let's go to the other side. And so that's what they should have been holding on to. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. He's not going to climb into a boat and they not go to the other side. Amen? Amen. And so what you hang on to each and every day is the word that has been spoken. Jesus spoke to them, let's go to the other side. That's where their faith should have been. We're going to the other side. It doesn't matter how big the storm gets, we're going to the other side. Why? Because Jesus said so. Hallelujah. Now, there's four places in Scripture that says uh, the, the just shall live by faith. In Habakkuk, let's go through these quickly. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Are you a just person? Well, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've asked for forgiveness of your sins, you are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are a just person. That's what it means. You have been justified. And it can only happen through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, the just shall live by faith. In Romans 1.17, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, but that no one is justified by the law. We're not justified by keeping the Ten Commandments, even though we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments, but that's not what justifies us. So we're not justified by the law in the sight of God. That's evident. For the just shall live by faith. We're justified by faith in Jesus Christ and what He's done. Hallelujah. Um, Let's look at Hebrews 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So I'm challenging you this morning, take inventory of your faith. Where is your faith? Are you abiding in faith? Are you staying strong in faith? If you have have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are of the just. And it says that the just shall live by faith. Don't go through your day without living by faith. If you're in a financial situation, don't be sitting there staring at your checkbook and saying, oh my, oh me, what are we going to do? I have no idea how we're going to get out of this mess. No, you find scriptures that has to do with finances. You find out that God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and you stand in faith for your situation. Whether you're having a health situation or you're having relational situation, it doesn't matter what it is. Find the Scripture that deals with your situation and stand in faith for your situation. Don't just go through life and say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. 
No, I'm not living whatever shall be, shall be. Whatever is going to happen is going to determine the faith that I exercise in the situations that I'm going through. Why? Because I am of the just and I live by faith. And that's the way we all should be living. Hallelujah. Faith is. That's my title this morning. There's eight places where it says faith is. Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is, your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Isn't that good to have somebody to, that lives their life in such a way that their faith is spoken of? I want to be that kind of person. I want to be somebody that people look at and say, man, we're talking about his faith because he's got some faith. That church out there on the corner of 1800 North and State Road 13, those folks have faith. I want to go there. I want to see what's happening there because they have faith. Hallelujah. Do we always see everything that we want to to see? Not necessarily, but we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Hallelujah. And then I think it will begin to manifest. Romans 8, uh, 1-8. First, let me start out again. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Romans 4, 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Do you understand that? That your faith is accounted as righteousness. What was it that happened whenever Abraham took his son Isaac up and was going to sacrifice him? It says that his faith, his obedience and his faith was accounted to him as righteousness. So whenever we act on our faith, it's accounted to you as righteousness. Romans 4.14 For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. That whole sentence right there, let's read it again. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void. That, all that is saying is, it's all by grace. By grace we have been saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now does that mean that we don't work? No. We work because we're saved. We don't work to get saved. But praise Lord, the, the Lord for if those who are of the law are heirs, That's not true. They're not heirs because you can't work for it. It's given to us by grace. And if you think you're going to work for it, then your faith is made void. Hallelujah. Romans 14, 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Do you see what this is saying here? This is how important faith is. We're supposed to even eat by faith. How many of you have eaten at that restaurant? (laughs) We should be eating. We should be doing everything in life by faith. Even your eating needs to be by faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Do we look at it that seriously, whenever it's, you're going through a financial, just let me use that. Let's just say every one of us in here is in financial situation. We need, we need God to show up or it just isn't going to happen. Let's say we're all in that boat. Do you realize that if you're not walking through that tough situation in faith, believing that God's going to do something, you are in sin. Do we look at it that way? 
Do we realize that whatever we are going through, we're having trouble in whatever area of life, if you're not walking in faith in that situation, you're in sin. That's how serious being a person of faith is to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Your faith is empty if Christ is not risen. But praise God, Christ has risen from the dead. Amen? And we need to believe it because the devil's going to come at you and he's going to cause you to doubt. He's going to cause you to fear. He's going to cause you to try to operate in unbelief. And what we have to say is, hey devil, you have been defeated in every single area of your life. You are a defeated foe. I am a victor because Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ even defeated you in death because he has been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. And so my faith is not empty. My faith is full. And it is right because Christ has risen from the dead. Glory. 1 Corinthians 15, 17, and Christ And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. 2 Corinthians 10, 15. Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. All of us have a sphere of influence, right? And we need to be increasing in our faith. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment too um, in Romans 10, 17. But our faith should be increasing. What have you done this week to increase your faith? What are you doing to cause your faith to rise up on the inside of you and cause you to be victorious in Christ Jesus? Are you doing anything this week or are you just looking at the problem? Sometimes it's like we are David and our problem is Goliath and we talk about the problem and we make the problem bigger. He's already a giant. And we make the giant bigger instead of making our God who deliver us, who delivers us, making Him bigger. He is bigger than any problem you can ever have. But your faith has to arise or you'll never believe that. You'll walk by sight instead of by faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. And my God is always bigger than any problem that can ever arise. And you have to be convinced of that. That's the way you walk through life. I walk through life by faith. Hallelujah. What scripture was I on? 2 Corinthians 10. Now let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's been said that hope is the blueprint for faith. Hope is the blueprint. Whenever you have hope, if you can see light at the end of the tunnel, you can apply a scripture to that. That's a little flicker of hope. That's a little flicker of light. You apply that and faith will begin to grow out of that hope. And so it says now faith is. When is faith supposed to be? Suppose faith is supposed to be now. Amen? Now faith is the substance. It's the substance Praise the Lord. Does your faith have substance? Now, this here says, 
Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But you, do you know that faith also can be seen? In uh, Luke 5, verse 20, do you remember whenever the uh, four guys bring the guy in on the, on the cot? And they try to get into where Jesus is. He has some kind of an infirmity. He's not walking. And uh, he's a paralytic. And they can't get into Jesus. So they go up on the roof. They dig a hole in the roof. And they let Jesus down. Or let the guy down to Jesus. And Jesus says this. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. You know, faith can be seen. How about you in your life? Is your faith seen? The only way it's going to be seen is when you exercise it and when you walk in it and when you believe in it, when you trust in it, when you rely on it, your faith in God. Hallelujah. Now also I mentioned earlier how how we are supposed to have increasing faith. In Romans 10 verse 17, many of you know this Scripture says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hopefully this morning, by the time you've got through listening to this message, maybe your faith, hopefully your faith has raised up some. That you've gotten a little stronger in your faith this morning just hearing the Word preached. There's nothing that builds your faith any more than hearing the Word of God. And I've said this so many times, but how true this is. You need to be the best preacher you've ever heard. Because the Word of God needs to be coming from you. Whenever you speak the Word, there's something that happens on the inside of your temple. You see, the Holy Ghost fills the temple. You are the temple of the living God. Now what happens whenever you speak? There's a reverberation that takes place in the temple. And whenever you are speaking the Word of God, there's faith that arises from the inside of you, from my innermost being. And it speaks forth. And it speaks faith. And you hide His Word in your heart. And then from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll begin to speak what you have been pouring in. Whatever you're putting in is what's going to come out. If you're putting garbage in, garbage is going to come out. But if you're putting faith in, faith is going to arise and come out. So you need to have increasing faith. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to podcasts. Listen to Christian music. Um, Watch Christian television. Whatever you can do to pour God's Word into your being. Read His Word. Get up every day and read His Word. But be putting the Word of God inside of you so that that's what's coming out. Because if you don't, I'll guarantee you your problems is what's going to be coming out. Uh, Bitterness is going to be coming out. Anger is going to be coming out. Why? Because that's what the world is full of and that's what's dumping into you. If you don't dump in the good stuff then the bad stuff's going to be coming out. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So without faith, it does not please our Heavenly Father. This means that we should always be in faith for something. You should always be believing for something. If I come up to you and ask you, Donna, what are you believing for this week? Michael, what are you believing for this week? Nick, 
Are you believing for anything? Did you see the, the flags that these guys are making? Yes. Man, that's cool stuff, guys. Keep it up. But do it for the glory of God. Amen? Hallelujah. What are you believing for? Are you believing for something this, this week? I remember specifically the Lord speaking to me one day and said, Ron, you are not believing for anything at this moment. And I thought about it and I thought, you know what? I was in a pretty comfortable situation. Nothing was going bad. Nothing was really pressing. It was just a good, comfortable place to be in. But the Lord does not care about our comfort. He wants us pressing in. He wants us pushing on. He wants us believing for something. He wants us to be taking over territory that the devil has stolen. He's wanting us to be believing for bigger things than what we can accomplish ourselves. Whenever God has to get involved in it, that's where He wants you to be. He wants us to be where we are totally dependent upon Him. What are you believing for this week? Because if you're not believing for something, then your faith isn't being stretched and God isn't being glorified. We need to be expanding, taking territory, getting out of our comfort zone, putting ourselves in a position that God is the only way that this thing can be answered. I don't know if any of you got the same thing Richard Floyd got this week, seven inches of rain. I'll tell you what, that's a lot of rain in a week, in a couple nights. But continue to believe that God's going to do what only God can do. Hallelujah. In 1 Timothy 1.19, it says this about faith. Cling to your faith. This is out of the New Living Translation. Cling to your faith in Christ. Cling to it. Why would you have to cling to it? Because the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's wanting to take all the faith that you have. He's wanting to shipwreck your faith. And that's what we'll read here. So cling to your faith and keep your conscience clear. We'll come back and talk about that in a moment. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Anybody here this morning, don't raise your hand. Is your faith shipwrecked? This here says that some people have deliberately violated their consciences. In other words, you are doing things that you know are not right. You are saying, I'm going to do it anyway because if it feels good, do it. And you have violated your conscience and whenever you do that, then your faith is being is throwing water on your faith. Your faith will diminish. Do what you know is right Obey God's Word. Fill yourself with His Word. Build your hope, most holy faith up. Hallelujah. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, we have what's called uh, the Hall of Faith. How many of you know Hebrews chapter 11 is the Hall of Faith? Let's begin to read there and see what we can glean from this in the time that we have left. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I love that Scripture. One of my favorite. Let me just read it again. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. 
so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Whether, the, whether it's an atheist or whether it's just someone who doesn't believe in creation, they, they don't believe this statement right here, but we as believers, we need to know that that's just a true statement. How did all of this happen? God created it. He created something out of nothing. God is a God. He is the only true and living God. He is the God who can take nothing and make something out of it. Praise the Lord. We have an awesome God. Verse 4, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Now, now look at this. We're going to take a look here in Genesis 4 just for a moment. Why was uh, Abel's offering a better sacrifice? Do you see there where it says God testifies of his gifts? Plural. Now let's look in Genesis chapter 4 and let's take a look at this because this is important. This goes along with what I shared this morning for communion. Uh, verse 1 said, I don't have it here, but verse 1 said that she gave uh, birth to Cain. And then in verse 2, she bore again, this time her brother Abel, uh, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Both of those things are good, right? We need keepers of livestock and we need keepers of the, of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. That's a good thing. In fact, that's what everyone is supposed to do. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, why was one offering accepted and the other not? Is it because God just chose to, to like uh, Abel better than Cain? No, it's not that at all. Let's look at this very closely. It says, Abel brought or Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. That's what everyone is supposed to bring. You would bring the first fruit of the grain offering. You would take a sheave of that and you would wave it before the Lord. And it was a thank offering. How many of you are thankful for what the Lord has done? But let me tell you something, you can't stop there. I've seen people who operate this way. They're thankful for the things that they have, but they really never get over into what Christ has done for them sacrificially. They've never taken care of the sin part of their life. They can still keep on sinning and think that everything is okay. They can live however they want to and everything's okay. But I'm thankful for God for His goodness. You see, there's people in that situation. See, that's only part of it whenever you are thankful for what the Lord has done. It says, Abel also brought. That means that Abel brought the grain offering and thanked the Lord, but then he also brought the sacrifice. That was for his sin. So he's covering both situations. He's thanking the Lord, and he's also saying here, this is for my sin. Forgive me of my sin. We need both. Live a life where you are so thankful unto the Lord that you are so grateful for His goodness and His grace, but also recognize that you was a sinner and you needed a Savior, and Jesus Christ is the only Savior of the world. There's no other mediator between God and man except 
Jesus Christ. And so whenever you do both, then you become a person who has brought a pleasing offering unto the Lord. Do you see the difference? And Cain says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. You see, this tells you the kind of heart that Cain had. He didn't have a teachable spirit. He didn't have an attitude of, okay, well, his offering is better. Why is his better? Teach me so that I can bring a better offering. Do you see his attitude? He didn't have an attitude that was teachable. All of us need to make sure that, hey, if I'm messing up someplace, point it out to me. I want to straighten it up. I want to get it right. I want to do what's pleasing unto the Lord. But instead, he gets mad and he goes off. And then this is what the Lord says to him. In verse 6, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Why didn't he go back and say, Lord, what did I miss? What should I do better? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. If we're not a people who is giving thanks unto the Lord and we're also so appreciative and recognize the sin that was in our life and that He forgave us of it, sin is crouching at your door. And it desire, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Whose responsibility is it to rule over that temptation, over those things that are coming at you? It's our responsibility. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now remember, in verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God. Everything has to be done in faith. So it's possible for us to serve, for us to do, for us to be busy, for us to go to church and, and volunteer to do all these sorts of things. But it's also possible to do all those things and not really be in faith. So whatever you're doing, everything in your life, go to your job in faith, go serve here at the church in faith. Everything, whenever you play, play hard and play in faith. But everything that we do, should be in faith, and it brings glory to God. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 11, flying through these, it says this, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Praise the Lord. In uh, Revelations chapter 11, it talks about the two witnesses. Who are those two witnesses going to be? It says we have two witnesses and they give testimony uh, to the Lord day and night. And it's believed that those two witnesses are going to be Enoch and Elijah. Because in Romans... Oh no, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, it says this, It is appointed unto everyone to die once. Those two men, were, they never died. Amen? They were taken up. And so it's believed that the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 are Elijah and Enoch because they never died. In the book of Revelations, we see where they are martyred. So that fulfills the Scripture that every man is appointed once to die. 
Just an interesting little tidbit there. It says, but by faith, Enoch was taken away. He was taken away just because of his great faith. Hallelujah. What a way to live. In Hebrews 11 and verse 7, it says this, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is in accord, according to faith. I, I can't hardly think of too many things where faith was probably more prominent over a long period of time than in Noah's life. Because it took him a hundred years to build the ark. And for a hundred years, it had never rained upon the face of the earth. At that time, the world was a greenhouse effect. There had been no rain. And there was this greenhouse effect to where everything was moist in the morning, and that's the way it was watered. But whenever the flood came, it broke that shield that was there, and then we've had rain ever since. Sometimes too much. Sometimes not enough. But here we have Noah who is building an ark for a flood that's going to come that no one has ever seen because everything has just been perfect. And so he's got people coming by for a hundred years. He has people coming by ridiculing him and making fun of him and telling him, you know, what in the world do you think you're doing? You're, you're a wacko. You're crazy for doing this. For a hundred years, he keeps at it and keeps building this ark. And this great big monstrosity of a thing that makes no sense. I mean, he's not even by a, by, by a lake. He's out here in the middle of nowhere. And the faith that it would have taken for him to have stuck with it and to have taken the ridicule and to have taken the persecution and to say, hey, God spoke this. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to keep hammering. I'm going to keep putting tar and pitch on. I'm going to keep at this thing. I'm going to make this boat. And I am just believe God. For a hundred years, he had to stick, stick with it. How are we after 10 minutes sometimes? Yeah. In verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Because the, the word says, if you read that back in Genesis, it says, Abraham, it is time for you to leave this place to a place in which I will show you. Didn't even tell him where he was going. But by faith, Abraham went. How would that be if one of us felt like the Lord says, Hey, tomorrow it's your last day here. I want you to pack up and I want you to head out. Well, which way do you head? I don't know. If I head out south and I was supposed to go on north, do you know he can still get me there? That's the kind of faith you have to have. I don't know where I'm going. All I know is God said go. And I'm going. And if I take off and I'm going in the wrong direction, He's very capable of getting me going the right direction. That's the kind of faith we have to have. By faith, verse 9, He dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with Him of the same promise. For He waited for the city which had foundations, whose builders and maker is God. We'll stop there this morning. I want you this morning, I want you to leave here being a person who is going to say, I am no longer going to walk by sight. I'm going to walk by faith. We're to be people who walk by faith and not by sight. Hey, I don't know how things... I tell you what, the, the stock market isn't looking good. You know, the crop, crop prices aren't what I was hoping. It don't make any difference about that stuff. 
We don't live according to the dictates of this world. We live according to the dictates of another world. We don't belong to this world. We are just pilgrims. We are just passing through. Amen? And we're not restricted to these laws. We have a God who can supersede all of that stuff. And that's the kind of faith I want for, to rise up on the inside of you. And you say, I'm living by the dictates of God. I don't care what humans say. I don't care what the world is saying. I only believe in. I only trust in. I only rely on the things of God. The Word of God is my sword. It's my shield. It's my comforter. It's my peace. The Word of God is what gets me through each and every day. That's the way we should live from morning till night. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank You that this morning, even through my feeble words, that You can cause faith to arise because it's Your Word. And your word does not return void. I would pray, Father, this morning that something would have happened in someone that would have caused the light switch to come on, that would have caused faith to arise, that would have caused that seed on the inside to just burst forth and bring forth a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 fold. That faith would arise and cause the enemy to scatter. That faith would arise this morning and cause people to realize that they are not bound by the dictates of this world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for doing something this morning in the hearts, in the minds, in the spirits of people. And I give you the praise and I give you the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Have a great day.